Hello, our sweet, sweet listeners. Hi. Welcome back. Um, as you can tell, my voice is okay. Ryan Reynolds has exited the building. Unfortunately. And Just kidding. <laughs> um, Alicia's back. Very fortunately. So I had mono. Have mono, I guess. Cause and a sinus infection. Yeah, and a sinus Both infection. And probably strep. I know. It just was a nightmare. And my throat declined rapidly after we record that recorded um, it was hilarious but horrible yeah like my tonsils were so swollen that they would touch each other when i would swallow <laughs> yeah i was at work and alicia's like do you want to see a gross picture and i was like okay <laughs> i sent her a photo. And it was like a picture of her poor throat and it was like all red and swollen and yet your tonsils were literally like i know just hanging out with each other right there it was terrible yeah i went to the doctor and i was like um sir if you could just Grab those scissors and just cut them out of my throat, like my tonsils, <laughs> because I don't know what else to do at this point. But it's oddly validating to just figure out that it is mono, even though you can't do anything about mono. You can't. Isn't Did you that know horrible? that? You just have to wait it out. That sucks. It's just like, mm, sorry. That anyway, sucks yeah. so much. So you just have to wait. But then, like, I don't know. You know when you're sick and something's wrong, but no one can figure it out and you just can't figure out if you're like weak and a baby <laughs> or if you're actually sick. Like, so anyway, it was nice. Long was story validating. short, I'm doing better. Yay. Life is good, even though it's getting colder, mm. but we're here. We're recording. Yes. And moving forward, we're nearing the end of this series, which we're so sad about, but I know excited about. we really are so sad about it, but there's more goodness to come lots to talk about still and today we just this will probably be a more conversational episode and maybe it's less structured on our end I don't know if you will be able to tell but we just wanted <laughs> to have a discussion about some gray area topics in the church that tend to carry like a ton of weight and we don't know why they just do mm -hmm. um things like you know, piercings and modesty and bikinis and rated R movies and Sunday Sabbath day worship and your friends you hang out with and if people wear their garments and if they don't, like all of those things that people talk about but don't talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah. We all like, we all, we all do it. We all, you know, yeah. know what's going on, but we don't really like talk about it a ton. So we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, we're going to talk about it today. So one thing like the first thing i guess we're going to talk about is piercings um anna also just got her ears pierced for the first well not the first well, time but so I, I got them pierced when i was like 12 but then they got like they got all like swollen and they hurt so bad and so i took them out and they grew in and then i got them re-pierced so i only have the one but i used to have them when i was a little littler smaller um but now they're back and I love them so They're much. So I wore, my friend had me wear clip-on earrings for her wedding because everyone else in her wedding party had earrings because they're normal. And I wore those clip-ons and I was like, shiz, I have to get my ears pierced. I love this too much. And so I did. Yeah. And I also have my ears pierced. I have like five piercings total. So it's like two on one ear, three on the other ear. Anyway, but I think piercings are so cute. And I like... Who said it? Was it President Hinckley that said Hinkley. the thing about piercings or something like that? Yeah, I think it was Hinckley. Um, anyway, he s encouraged members to just have one piercing in each year. And I remember that was a big deal. I remember my mom, because she has multiple piercings, and she 
took them out and just what started wearing the ones to you know mm-hmm. like listen to the voice of the prophet which is a great thing to do mm-hmm. and similar to the mission episode we use little things like this to like to create this outline or blueprint print of the perfect member and of what that looks like and so i and i think you know just having one piercing in each, each year for girls is one of them um, but as disciples of Christ, we are asked to be modest and modesty is another thing that we're going to talk about, but we have reduced modesty to how people look and that is modest. It is what they wear and it is how they like appear. But the definition of modest is having or showing moderate or humble estimate of one's merits, importance, blah, 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 free of vanity, free of egotism, boastfulness, or great per- pretensions which i think is Mm -hmm. interesting yeah um freedom from ostentation or showy extravagance having or showing regard of decencies and behavior speech and dress so it's this spirit of modesty and this behavior of modesty and avoiding being like boastful or vain or anything like that that is modesty and i think we do have a very heavy culture of judgment and we think that you can, I don't know, you just think that because someone does something, they must be this mm-hmm. or they must be that. And that is not true. Well, it's it's interesting because I'm actually someone who won't ever get a second piercing mm-hmm. because of President Hinckley. Like I mm-hmm. just, that's just something that I've like chosen to do. Like I just will never get more than one piercing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that sometimes we don't allow ourselves the um capacity to have that 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 duality of like i'm someone who will never get a second piercing but i would never look at alicia or someone like alicia and automatically assume that they can't have a strong testimony or they can't be a good example or they can't be in tune with the spirit because they have multiple piercings <laughs> like doesn't that just sound so funny like hearing yeah. that just listening you say that it's like i've decided i'm not going to judge someone who has more earrings yeah <laughs> like, no seriously why do we think that's okay yeah and i think a big part of it is because is because of perfectionism so perfectionism plays a lot into um, a lot of perfectionism is projection. We've talked about this quite a bit where if you have perfectionist um, tendencies towards other people, it's because you have perfectionist tendencies towards yourself and you can't hold other people's darknesses, weaknesses, flaws, whatever it is. Um, you can only hold them to the level you hold your own. And again, when we say that, it doesn't mean that someone having multiple piercings is like a darkness or like evil or whatever. But if that's something you're uncomfortable with, it's because there's something inside of yourself you're uncomfortable with. Um, and so I think that with perfectionism and with these like gray area topics, um, we do come up with that cookie cutter image of what a good member looks like. And if we aren't filling that mold or if someone else isn't filling that mold or whatever it is, we think that it's our job to correct it. Because again, perfectionism takes Christ out of the equation every time. Mm-hmm. Right. Perfectionism. Y- Alicia said this in one of our last episodes. Um, you can't cling to perfectionism and Christ at the same time. Those are two masters you can't serve. Mm-hmm. And so when we're being perfectionists, we think, you know, it's our job to a make ourselves feel bad about these things and rectify it or B make others feel bad about them and, and rectify it. And um, and it, and it's just it's it's just not. And so I think a lot of people think 
a that they can use these things as reasons to judge or think less of other people and then b they think you know if i'm not trying to get this person to fix themselves i am doing air quotes fix themselves then i'm just enabling them and mm-hmm. this is where we come into the conversation of agency and mm-hmm. how much we value agency in our religion and in our church and how much we strip people of that agency when they are making decisions that don't align perfectly with what we think they should be doing. Right. We're comfortable with agency up until the point that it goes contrary to what we believe. And that's not how it goes because guess what? We do that all day with God and God doesn't take our agency away. Mm-hmm. So why when other people do things that we might not agree with, do we suddenly think it's our job to, to get them to, to change it and, and be better? Um, and, and of mm-hmm. course there are hard lines in the church that, we should try to follow obviously that, you know, the temple recommend questions are along those lines. Um, and like, don't like be killing people or whatever <laughs> it is. Obviously. Try not to do heroin and all that jazz, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, please try not to do that. Yeah, please, please. If you took anything from this episode, don't do heroin. Um, but with these things like, like tattoos, piercings, modesty, garment checking, all of that jazz, it's not our place to do that. Mm-hmm. I like I like the term garment checking because we do that a lot. Why Piercing do we underwear checking. check? That's so weird. Underwear to checking, me. tattoo checking. I know. Movie media intake checking. Like we just check each other and yeah. it's not our job to check and each other. And catch yourself when you do. Like please catch yourself when you do that. I know like um it's a thing where influencers move to Hawaii or the islands or whatever and it's like, "Ooh, we've noticed they're not wearing their garments anymore." Like, mm-hmm. hmm like what yeah <laughs> what like why are we job. talking about this ew that's so weird that we think like we feel the odd the audacity we have the audacity to to talk about someone else's underwear like it's so yeah. funny to me and, and i know that a lot of the times it comes from a very well-intentioned place because garments are very sacred right and the temple is very sacred and yeah so people hold that in really high regard I, do, I don't i don't know if i can say it's well-intentioned because it's like the intention is like judgment yeah, I think, I mean, I think it, it comes from a place of, again, projection, where, where people hold garments very sacred for themselves, mm-hmm. and so they take it personally when someone yeah. else isn't, isn't expressing that in the same way that they do. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, I mean, garments aren't always my favorite thing. Like, I mm-hmm. totally and that's okay. respect them and treat yeah. them you know sacredly but like i i sometimes really struggle with them and so i could i could see myself and sometimes being like oh well not fair like they're not doing this and i am yeah you know like oh well that's not fair like something like that and it's just like it's between you and god that's it everything on this earth is between you and god and if you are married between you and your partner and you know in your like family unit but we make it such a public thing you know such a public issue and it's funny because I feel like what we should make a public issue is just talking about it maybe more openly Mm -hmm. and like talking about struggles with some things or thoughts or feelings instead of just like a yes or no if someone is doing this or not or if it is bad or not yeah totally and and I think also because there's a lot I mean this goes into a a broader conversation but it's, it's the same vein where I- if someone has doubts about the church that's seen as like very taboo where it's like oh well like you shouldn't have doubts about the church mm-hmm. you know and or it's like oh you have doubts like are you gonna leave then 
yeah like there's assumptions made conclusions yeah. drawn and it's like you you shouldn't be doubt like the church is true if you're doubting the church there's something wrong with you like the church is just true yeah when it should be flipped and it's like you can still believe in the church and have doubts and we should talk about those doubts mm-hmm. and it's the same with these these gray topic areas where it's like we should we should just talk about them like it's not bad it's not bad if sometimes you get frustrated with garments mm-hmm. like no, it's not a bad thing. It's not it's not bad if you like, you know, get frustrated with some of the, the commandments or policies of the church. Like none of these things are bad. And it doesn't mean you can't have a testimony of the church still like these yeah. things can coexist. Yeah, I think it's OK. And it's important to I love um, what President Nelson said a little while ago about doubts and whatnot. And like um, just addressing them with faith and trying to learn more about it and like dig into it. And don't shun it and shame that. Like, go there yeah. and talk about it. And uh, try and address it with, like, faith and understanding. And yes. sometimes you don't always reach an understanding. And that's okay because it's also not the biggest deal in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, the things yeah. that you should try and reach an understanding about is who God is, who Jesus Christ is, who the Holy Spirit is, understanding their characters, understanding the restoration of the gospel, scripture, and the gospel of Jesus Christ and his teachings. Like, try and understand that. Yeah. You know? Like, and there's a lot of gray area. And a lot of gray area, too, like, hurts people. Like, mm-hmm. LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues, things like that. Um, you know, we could go on. Like, some of these issues, it's not just like, oh, just ignore it and study more about Jesus and everything's going to be fine. Like, I know that. But things like this, like piercings or bikinis or modesty or garment checking or whatever... It's like, let's all just turn to Christ, right? And I wanted to mention something earlier that you had said about choices. And I feel like choosing to judge people so easily, like, is such a cop-out to having, how do I say this? Like, it's such an easy way out to be like, oh, I don't have to be Christ-like towards that person because they're this and this and that. And choosing to be Christ-like to someone who you might not want to be or you might think like, oh, they're different than me we wouldn't get along like choosing to judge them be like oh well they're this and that because of x y and z is so much easier Mm -hmm. than oh i should try and get to know this person i should be christ-like towards this person so we use these benchmark benchmark things to dismiss christianity in a way and be like we don't have to be christian towards that person oh yes but that's not even close to the truth we we put these self-serving limitations Mm -hmm. on our charity Yep. I love that. Yeah, because you're right, because it's easier and it's a cop out. It's like, oh, I don't have to deal with the like the discomfort, the discomfort, the, the differences, the whatever tension, conflict. Like, I don't have to deal with that because I'm going to use my Christian values in interest of myself. Yeah. To and, separate myself, and separate myself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. We do and that that's so much. such a cop out. That's so dumb. Like. That is not what Jesus would be doing. And we're going to talk no. about that in a little bit more. But and then one thing I wanted to say too, something we don't talk about a lot, rated our movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the first my first rated R movie until like a year ago, maybe. Um, just because I never did. And it was always like rated R movies are bad, whatever. Um, but some PG th- PG 13 movies are too. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we use like the label of movies and what it is rated as to also pass the buck on making a choice of like th- whether this is okay or not to watch. Because some something I've started to do is look at why movies are rated R or why okay, they're rated yeah, PG-13 yeah. and what it's for. And if it's something that I would choose to consume. Like 
if it's because of a lot of language if it's because of nudity and sex is it gore like what is it yeah why is it rated that thing and do you like treat a pg-13 movie that might be bad like the same as a rated r movie it's just i don't know it's choosing using your agency taking that power and making a choice for Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. and it might be an unpopular choice whatever there are some great rated r movies i've seen lately that i what didn't i don't think they like drug me down spiritually in any way Mm -hmm. like i think similar to what i had just said how we choose to like pass the buck of christianity just because something is labeled a certain way i love that yeah that's yeah so be cautious of that it's all about just making active choices yes i love that being intentional because there are there are some pg-13 movies that are horrible (laughs) but people are like oh it's fine it's pg-13 we're fine and it's like i love that like not taking the easy road when Mm -hmm. it comes to these things one other thing treat like your consumption of other things just as serious as you do movies then if you if this is such a big deal to you Mm -hmm. like what type of music do you listen to you know, like, do you treat that as seriously as because we don't rate? I mean, I guess there's a label on songs if it's like explicit or something. But like, what's the message? What's, the what's message? this and this? Like, feel like, yeah. How so you think about other people. Yeah. yeah. And don't like worry so much about these labels of what something is, whether it's but like, is that thing bringing you closer to Christ or not? Is it edifying your life or not? Yeah. And I think touching back onto something you said earlier, like trusting, focusing on coming closer to Christ should, should be what, what we're focusing on and trusting the process of that and trusting other people's processes of that and trusting that as you're actively making these decisions and um, actions to come closer to him, that you will get into a rhythm and figure out, okay, like this is when I'm going to wear my garments and this is when I'm not going to wear my garments or okay. Like I do feel okay about piercings or not, or maybe you do get a piercing or you get a tattoo or you watch a movie that you thought was okay. And then you feel like you don't want it later. Like Mm -hmm. don't like, don't limit yourself to where you're at right now. And then don't limit other people to that. And also realize like there is a process to it. And that doesn't necessarily mean the process is going to lead you to never getting a tattoo. It doesn't mean it's going to lead you to getting a million tattoos. Like it, it's just a process of getting closer to Christ and accepting that whatever that looks like, that's what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And on, uh, yeah, thinking about the word of wisdom too, and like taking care of our bodies and treating them as temples. It's not just about like not getting tattoos and not drinking certain things or consuming certain things. But, like, do you take care of your body? Yeah. Like, because that's the whole point. Yes. We're, exactly. like, missing yes. the point. It's Which like we do all the time. With yeah. All these things. We yeah. miss the point a lot. <laughs> we miss the mark. Yeah. And, like, do you get enough sleep? This is something I'm mm. going to try and do. Mm-hmm. You know, Anna and I have talked about this. Do yeah. you exercise? Do you eat vegetables? I eat vegetables, like, once a week. That's so bad. <laughs> Bro, I wish. Um, One other thing I think we tend to judge about is, like, how people worship their Sundays. And that's like a, you know, a topic like, oh, do they go boating or not? Do they choose to do act like active Mm -hmm. things or not? Do they like go shopping? Do they do this and that? Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And again, it just, yeah, yeah. it's a day of worship. Mm -hmm. And so how do you choose to worship God on that day and strengthen your relationship with God that day? And someone said this too that I loved. They said, on Sunday, what we tend to do is, you know, when you go home with your family or whatever, you're sitting at the table, 
eating dinner talking it's like oh what did you learn today at church but instead what it should be is we go to church and it should be like what did you learn about christ this week oh yeah you know instead of using that one day to prepare for six other days like preparing six other days for that one day oh i love that yeah yeah. and i loved that so much more like it just reframes my mind and so i don't know i love sundays it's my favorite day of the week i also with my family like when we my family loves camping a lot and like four-wheeling and boating and things like that we do that on sundays sometimes as like a family activity Mm -hmm. and something that we all do to spend time together and we might like be in the mountains and reading scripture together and mm-hmm. some people might be like, interesting. I wouldn't do that with my family. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, cool. Then you worship God in a different way. I don't know. Yeah. No. And just not, again, not making assumptions or conclusions about how other people choose to use their agency. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. if maybe if in the scriptures we were told that it's our job to judge, maybe you could do that. But guess what? It doesn't say that. So no, you can't. It doesn't say so that. Don't. And this is something I was going to mention later on, but I'll just do it right now. Like, I think it's so interesting that we think we can accurately gather an assumption about someone based on these things, mm-hmm. based on how how they look, what types of movies they watch, what they choose to wear. Mm-hmm. And even if you could, like, who who cares? And when we make assumptions about someone, you're creating a narrative in your mind of who they are, what they value, and you don't have any clue no idea what someone has been through or no idea what god means to them or or who he is to them yeah and i think sometimes we let these assumptions like i said get in the way of us connecting with other people on on a better level because you're Mm -hmm. entering already entering that conversation or relationship with preconceived notions or ideas yeah about who they are yeah i don't know no totally totally and it's interesting to parallel that with how Christ sees us. Christ doesn't see, like, he, he doesn't label us with these benchmarks the way that we label ourselves with them, whatever it might be. He doesn't see, you know, like, oh, Roger, the d- drug addict, or I don't know why I keep talking about drugs, <laughs> or like, or like, like even, not even like negative things or like harmful things. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't see us as like, oh, Anna, the, d- I don't know, what's something about myself? What? I'm like trying to think of it like a defining <laughs> characteristic about myself. Um, who am I? <laughs> I saw this meme that was like, it was just a like a pencil drawing of a person, and it's like when someone asks you to like tell them about yourself, and it's just like the loading bars in your mind. It's like I don't actually know who I am. I'm sorry, I can't answer that. I'm, I'm hitting that right now. I'm literally hitting that right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he doesn't say, like, oh, Anna, the girl who likes... He doesn't reduce you to, like, a thing. Is that what you're thing, trying to like, say? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't it reduce us to these labels, mm-hmm. basically. And so whether that label is, like, a hobby of yours, or if you have multiple piercings, or if you don't have any piercings, or, like, whatever it is, Christ, that's not... Christ doesn't see that. Like, he doesn't... He sees who we are actually, and I like that you said that we're it, we prevent ourselves from connecting to other people because we put these labels up as barriers to that mm-hmm. connection, and we completely cut off the opportunity for connectionism because mm-hmm. we're holding these people to a standard of perfectionism. Yes, yes, yeah. One of my favorite ideas in the whole world is that no matter who you talk to, that person knows more about something than you do. Oh, I love that quote. Like they know 
more about like it I don't know it might be a topic or a skill or whatever but they are an expert in something that you are not mm-hmm. and I think that can be really humbling like what does this person know yeah like, what I, experience do they have you know yeah that like you have no idea about I also really love like on on this whole topic um there's a quote by Abraham Lincoln that says I do not like that man I must get to know him better mm-hmm. I love that one because a lot of the reasons we don't like people at the first is because they express themselves in a way that's contrary to the way that we express ourselves. And we go like, Oh, I don't like them. I don't get along with them. And I just love that Abraham was like, well, if I don't like them, I guess I just need to like put in more effort and like get to know them. Because if you get to know someone better and their story better then you will like them more because mm-hmm. that's why Christ loves us so much is because he knows us more intensely and intimately. Yeah. How do you think he's capable of loving literally everybody? Because he, yeah. Cause he knows us mm-hmm. to the nth degree that you can know someone. Yeah. And he loves us for it. Like mm-hmm. he, he knows all the horrible parts and he still loves us so, so much for it. Um, and on the topic of loving and, and all that jazz, I, uh, I think it's very interesting in the scriptures that, Christ says you should um, love thy enemies. He says that in a lot of different ways. He says like you should love thy enemies or pray for thy enemies or I think it's love thy enemies, pray for them that despitefully use you, something like that. Yeah. Um, basically the sentiment is like whoever your enemies are, you should have more love and charity for them. And enemies I think can be interchanged with a lot of different things. Um, it can be roles people play in your life, whether it's friends, family, exes, coworkers, um, relatives, or it can be enemies can be, you know, someone who again expresses their faith differently than you do, or someone who lives their life differently than you do. And I think it is very important that God said we should love those people and not judge thy enemies or shame thy enemies or think differently or less than thy enemies or isolate or shun (laughs) thy enemies or Mm -hmm. separate yourself from your enemies. Like he says to pray for them and love them, which are two of the most intimate things you can do for someone, you know? Um, and there's this quote by mother Teresa that I love. And it says, people are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies succeed anyway. If you're honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyway. What you spend years building someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Be Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and if it may never be enough, give your best anyway. And this is the real kicker. Because you see in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Um, mm. And so smart woman right that kind of just encapsulates all of these things that we do and why we judge and all this stuff where it's like it was never it's never it was never between us and other people Mm -hmm. that's not why we're here it's never it it was never between us and them it's between us and god and the last time i checked how someone is using their agency doesn't affect your relationship with god ever no at all because i I think that there are choices people make that affect us obviously Mm mm-hmm but at the end of the day, we always get to choose what we're doing when it comes to our relationship with God. Yes. One thing we learned in a communication course, I think it was interpersonal communication. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, we talk about like conversations in a statement and when something is said, the other person always gets to choose how to respond. 
and they can choose a escalating comment. Mm-hmm. They can choose a neutralizing comment or a de-escalating mm-hmm. comment. Mm-hmm. And we watched this for this activity. We watched a video of a, c- a clip from like a movie or a TV show of this boyfriend and girlfriend having an argument. And they had printed out the script from like the transcript from the show. And we had to make notes off to the side, like every comment that was made, what type of comment was it? Was it escalating, neutralizing, de-escalating? And when people make choices that might like legitimately hurt you Mm -hmm. because that happens, you always have a choice after that. You get to choose how you're going to respond or behave. And you can choose to be hurt. You know, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the point is you get to choose and, like, take accountability for how you're behaving or how you're acting. And no matter what people do, I love what Mother Teresa said, like, be kind anyway. Like, build anyway. Be forgiving anyway. Be positive anyway. Be happy. Like, do these things anyway, regardless of what other people are choosing to do. Yeah. I I love that there's there's always a next step. Mm-hmm. And perfectionism erases that possibility. Perfectionism says where you're at right now and the situation you're in right now is final. And this is just how it is. Whether it's you've messed up, someone's hurt you, you've hurt someone else, missed opportunities, what, whatever it is, perfectionism takes away any possibility of a next step. But there are always next steps. And the reason we have next steps is because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes perfectionism is like, okay, you have this next step. But this next step will change everything forever. Oh, yes. And But you know what? In a conversation, you might, like, Anna could say something that would, like, hurt me or bother me. And I can choose to make an escalating comment, maybe, Mm -hmm. and, like, make things higher. But you know what? Then after that, I still get to choose to bring it down or neutralize or whatever. Like, there's always next. next. There's always next. And I think that's so cool. I love that. Me too. Me too. Um. So one thing that we also wanted to talk about was the Temple Recommend questions because little things like this, these like hot button topics, um, some of them aren't even in the conversation of being worthy to enter the temple. And for me, this is something I choose to do. I want to have a temple re- current Temple Recommend at all times. Like I, That's my goal. That's what I want mm-hmm. because I want to be worthy to enter God's house. Some people might not have that goal. You might not have that goal. That's fine. Um, But I choose to focus on what gets me there. What gets me into God's home and what doesn't matter. Like what's just noise on the side. And the most important thing, uh, question number one, do you have faith in and a testimony of God, the eternal father, his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost? By the way, all of these questions are on the um, church's website, Church of Jesus churchofjesuschrist.org so you could look at them um do you have a testimony of the atonement of jesus christ and his role as your savior and redeemer those two questions are so powerful alone mm-hmm. like i need to focus on those questions and you know better myself that way and it's do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel of jesus christ notice how none of them are like do you read your scriptures every single day do you um only have this many piercings do you have any tattoos do you are are you wearing like 
shorts that are too short are you doing like it's none of that Mm -hmm. it's focused on the savior his gospel our heavenly father the holy spirit the restoration of the gospel okay then it talks about sustaining leaders whatever um other things let me i'm trying to browse through and oh i love this okay this question says the lord has said all things are to be wow all things are to be done in cleanliness before him do you strive for moral cleanliness in your thoughts and behavior Mm, i love that that. like do you and it's not are you clean in your thoughts and behavior it's do you strive for moral cleanliness yes are you striving for that and it looks different for everyone yeah strife looks different for everyone Mm -hmm. i love that it's do you strive though yeah because it's not like are you or are you not And if you're not, get out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So are you striving for that? Um, And there might be some of these questions as you read through them that it's like, you know, I no, I don't. And don't go in and like lie about it. Like talk about it. Have Mm a discussion Mm -hmm. about it. The temple is where it is so like holy and you can be so close to God on earth and no unclean thing can be in the house of God. And it's not asking about these little gray areas that we think, you know, Yeah. it's asking about your relationship with Christ. That's what I think of through all of these questions. And what are you striving to be? Yeah. And I think, again, we put we, we've talked about this. The church is so the culture of the church is so event based. It, it's so and that is manifested in a myriad of ways. Right. The event either being. Did you get multiple piercings or not? That's an event. Or or we can even go on the other side of it where it's like, oh, when you got baptized, that was an event. Going to the temple, that's an event. Getting married in the temple, that's an event. And we place so much emphasis, emphasis on these events and these, these things that feel final or black and white or yes or no, when really we should be trusting the process of coming closer to Christ and these events support that process, these events or non-events, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, and just trusting that, one, your process isn't going to look like someone else's process and vice versa. Um, and it's not your place to project your process onto someone else. Two, that as you go through that process of coming closer to Christ and God, it's going to be a constant thing. It's not going to be linear either. It's going to be in circles and loop-de-loops and back and forth and side to side. And and it's going to be a whole mess of a process. And the other part of that is messiness is not uncleanliness, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that we, we often think if someone is messy or if the way they live their life is messy, that it's wrong or a sin and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, all of these things wrapped up to say that Along with everything else we've talked about in the series, we so often put the emphasis on the wrong part of the church and the wrong part of Christ's gospel. And this is another one of those moments mm-hmm. where we are putting way too much weight on these things that are supposed to be supporting the spotlight of Christ and Heavenly Father, not taking the spotlight from them. Mm-hmm. One of my friends was talking to me the other day about Elder Holland's talk, Be Therefore Perfect Eventually. And mm-hmm. I re-listened to that talk today. And I love it so much. There's so many good lines in this talk. And it briefly mentions my favorite primary song, I'm Trying to Be Like Jesus. Um, But there's a line in here that says somewhere, he says, I'm so grateful that God is merciful because I need mercy. Mm. And I love that so much. And then somewhere towards the end, he says, um, 
Look at my life now and compare it to my formal life. You will see that I'm trying to live out the truth I proclaim. He's quoting a priest. Um, And he continues and says, attack me if you wish. I do this myself, but don't attack the path I follow. If I know the way home, but I'm walking along it drunkenly, is it any less the right way simply because I'm staggering from side to side? I love that. He says, do not gleefully shout. Look at him. There he is crawling into a what? Bog? Bog? A bog. Yeah, a bog. A bog. What is a bog? Like a swamp? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So don't be like, oh, look at that guy crawling into a bog. He says, no, no, don't gloat, but give your help to anyone trying to walk the road back to God. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Like a lot. We could be just staggering, but uh, are you stumbling in the right direction? Yeah. You know, and if yeah. you are, awesome. Like, we would love to help you, and God is there to help you, and catch people if they fall back, and help help them move forward, but we're all just stumbling along the right path, and I think, going back to the temple questions, like, they're just trying to help us stumble in the right way. I love that. And ask yourself, like, I think, I love where he says, um attack me if you wish i do this myself that's what he Mm -hmm. says i do this myself but don't Mm -hmm. attack the path that i follow and elder holland even says he refers to um toxic perfectionism in this talk and um how that can like you know affect our our path our relationship with god where we're going and how we treat other people anyway be there for for perfect eventually Mm -hmm. that's the key part we're Mm -hmm. just trying eventually yeah, totally. And I think I like that that uh, po- poem or analogy or whatever he said about not uh, tearing other people down when they're stumbling along. Mm. Um, and to go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, how I, I've just been thinking this as we've been talking, where I'm like, why do we think it's our job to fix other people? Like, why do we think that if we're not shaming them or making them feel worse about their decisions that we're like enabling them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because deep, down we incorrectly believe that by shaming them and by making them feel bad that we're going to somehow bring them back to the path or we're going to somehow bring them back to Christ and um it's easy to see where people connect those dots you know because it's like you know if someone does something wrong you're like oh well they they need to know it was wrong and I and I'm going to make that my job and I'm going to be the person it's kind of egotistic where it's like I'm the person to show them that like they were wrong or like if I don't be that person, then I'm just an accomplice in their sin or whatever it is. But shaming someone will never, ever, ever, ever bring them closer to Christ than loving them will Mm -hmm. ever. It never will yourself included. Yeah. Because what actually brings people closer to God is experiencing Christ like unconditional love from others. Unconditional, not like, Oh, most of the time unconditional, like literally unconditional. That means under no condition do you love someone or think of them less ever. And it doesn't matter if it deals with these gray areas or if they've hurt you or or whatever it might be. Unconditional means unconditional. And that's what we've been asked to do. And that's our only job. That was our literal mm-hmm. only job with all of this. I love that so much. That's so true. Yeah. Um, my mom was in a fireside with Elder Renland last week and she... She's the cutest. She loves our podcast so much and everything we do. And she'll always send me all these quotes and things. And she's We love so you, cute. Anna's mom. Mama Nat. Um, and she texted me. So Elder Renlin gave a talk on perfectionism. 
which I feel like has been happening a lot, by the way, mm-hmm. in conference and stuff. And we're on to something, Anna. Yeah. Oh, we're trendsetters <laughs> for the church. Something that he said over and over again, like his little repeated phrase during the talk was knock off the guilt. And I loved it so much because mostly because I needed to hear that because um, Alicia and I are both self-oriented perfectionists at heart. Major. Yeah. And so I'm always guilt tripping myself all the time. And he just like she said during the talk, he just over and over and was like, knock it off, like cut it out, knock off the guilt. Like it's not productive for you, for God, for people around you. It's not getting you anywhere better. It's not making you a better person. You're just beating yourself up for no reason. And so I've I've been saying that to myself since I heard that where when I start ruminating or beating myself up or whatever it is, I'm like, knock off the guilt, like knock it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Alicia, you you said this earlier. Um people didn't like Christ when he was here because of who he spent his time with. Yeah. He wasn't like popular. Yeah, He wasn't. That's why they wanted to crucify him. They literally killed him. (laughs) Yes. He was not like a hot commodity because he was hanging out with the rich and educated and polished people. He was unpopular because of who he spent his time with and who he was choosing to be with as the Messiah that he claimed to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you're, if you're the messiah why are you with these people then but like isn't he teaching us something you know like jesus was with the sick the afflicted the poor the sinners the adulterers the whatever you know he was with them that's who he chose to spend his time with he was with the people that were pushed to the sidelines all the time and if he were here today would you be someone that christ would choose to be with or would want to be with. Yeah. And and obviously, yes, because he loves you. And he wants to be with all of us. And he but wants like, to be with all of us. I was just thinking yeah. about that, though, because, like, who he chose people that knew they needed him because they were humble. Yes. They knew they needed Christ. Yeah. And do you, like, know that you need him? You know, like, do you want him so bad that it's like, I need him? Like, yeah. that level of humility. Yeah. Yes, he would want to be with you and see you, but, like, would he choose... To spend his time with you. And would you mm-hmm. choose to spend... I guess the better question is, like, would you choose to spend your time with him? And would you be, like... Would you be someone that would be drawn to him? Would you be someone that would notice he was here? Would you be someone that would mock who he's hanging out with if you knew he was the Savior? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, what if you didn't know he was Christ and he's, like, choosing to hang out with these people? And you're like, why is that guy with those people? Yeah, Like, totally. he should be... He's, like, he should be with someone else. Like, he should... Uh-huh. Shouldn't be hanging out with that, like, hobo over there. Yeah. It's like, careful yeah. who you're talking to. That's Jesus. Yeah, no, seriously. Is. Seriously, yeah. And I think sometimes um, not only do we push other people to the sidelines and then question why Christ is hanging out on the sidelines with them, but we often push ourselves to the sidelines. And we don't give ourselves as much credit or as much slack as we should get because we're not acting perfectly, because we're not fitting that cookie-cutter perfect member mold. Um, we think, you know, we're not worthy or we're not lovable or whatever it is. And, um, just remembering that, like, like Alicia's just saying, that's who Christ chose to hang out with. I kind of like the, I love, <laughs> I love the question you said, whereas if you were alive today, would, would you be someone that he would want to be with? Because it's so like, it, it just brings it to life so much. But then of course, obviously you are because he loves you. And so I like saying like, are you someone that Christ would hang out with? yeah because obviously he'd want to be around with you like around you in general because he loves you because he loves all of us but like are you someone that like if someone ran into christ in the streets like would you be one of the people that he's just like kicking it with 
Yeah. Because you're you're one of those humble, teachable people that like like you said are drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to reference one more time the definition of modesty because I think he wants us to be modest in this way. To have a humble wait, to have okay, wow. Having or showing humility, um being free from vanity, egotism, boastfulness, or great pretensions. Being free from showy extravagance, having or showing regard for decencies in behavior, speech, and dress. Like, this is modesty, and it's not about anything else, and he wants us to be humble. I read a lot about humility in that definition of modest. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And Jesus wants to be with modest people, you know? Yeah, totally. He wants us to be modest people because we'll be happier that way. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Elder stories give a really good... A quote in last conference a year or a year ago uh, last October he said perhaps it would be better if we sit at Jesus's feet and plead for mercy for our own imperfections and not spend so much time and energy fixating on the perceived imperfections of others oh I know please send me that yes of course and uh I think again to to reiterate I think that we need to be aware that everyone is on their own their own journey i hated that everyone like is in their own process of coming closer to christ and you're not in a place or an authority to think differently of someone if they're at a different point in their process of coming to christ or if their process looks different than yours or whatever it is and also we we just don't have time for it you we don't got time to be obsessing over other people's decisions and agency and and their process with christ we got to focus on our own we only have one life here, folks. We only get one mortality. And how much of it are we spending obsessing over how other people are living their mortality? Mm-hmm. We don't have time for that. Yeah, I just beg, beg and plea that we are not Christians who listen to General Conference and hear Elder Holland say, like, if you're stumbling in the right path, like at least you're you're going in the right direction. Yeah. So if you're stumbling along it drunkenly, you're on the right path. Don't be someone who's like, ooh, that was such a good quote writes it down and then turns around and like judges people yes please stop and i'm like that sometimes too we all all are are. we We all are are, but like let's try to just be better christians yes and with that anna take away (laughs) (laughs) i will never maybe i'll be able to do that one day what you've done it you've done it a couple times it's i know crazy. and i feel ridiculous every Kay. time next episode our no final one, no okay it's alicia <laughs> she's gonna do it takeaway number one focus on making decisions that bring you closer to god using your choices and your agency to come closer to him number two we are asked to love others not judge shame or isolate them mm. Three, don't make assumptions about people. They may surprise you. Mm-hmm. And number four, knock off the guilt. Knock it, it off, homies. Cut no more guilt out. tripping. Yeah. Yourself or other people. Stop yes. it. All right. Well, that's our episode today. Um, this this might be like one of my favorite ones that we've done. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I love that one. Yeah. Um, be sure to, again, follow us on socials. We've got an Instagram page at Popping Perfectionism where we go more in depth with some of the comments and quotes we have in this episode. Um, and Rate some stars. Rate some stars per usual. <laughs> and uh, leave a review for us on, on the app. That always is helpful for us to see how we're doing and then also get other people to be able to 
see our podcast too yeah so. and share just share yeah share 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 okay thank you for listening have a great week happy thanksgiving Woo-hoo. we're yeah. grateful for all of you yeah and we're grateful for jesus okay yep. my name's anna my name's alicia and, and this, this is, is popping perfectionism, perfectionism.